Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, we'd like to think that the world we live in is a pristine place with, you know, clean water and healthy soil. But you know, unfortunately, while that might have been the case at one time, we live in a world where chemicals are used for just about everything, you know? And with the use of the chemicals comes chemical spills. But if there's a way to clean up these spills without spending millions upon millions of dollars, would we do it? Well, there just might be a way with plants. And that's what we'll be discussing today. And that's called bioremediation. So as we usually do in each case, we can spend a little time asking, you know, what it is. So what is bioremediation? So bioremediation is the process of using organisms to neutralize or remove contamination from waste. Um, so for example, we can look at an oil spill. So that oil spill is going to kill some organisms and some of them are going to survive, right? So bioremediation works by providing these organisms with different materials like fertilizer and oxygen to survive. So this will help to break down pollutants at a faster rate. So the bioremediation processes are super important because they don't use chemicals and they can allow for the waste to be neutralized and recycled. Whereas when chemical remediation is used, the waste is still contaminated. It just makes the substance less toxic and you still can't recycle it. Well, let me ask you a question over here. Um, what is actually used in bioremediation? Talking about organisms, that type of thing. You give us some examples. Um, so yeah, you're using organic material, um, plants, bacteria, fungi, and other microorganisms to break down that waste. Gotcha. All right, so let's circle back. And um, you mentioned kind of two ways to handle waste treatment. There's remediation, which we all know about. Costs a lot, but there's also bioremediation. So the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, they currently state that roughly 44% of assessed stream miles and 64% of assessed lake acres are not clean enough to support uses such as fishing and swimming. So with facts such as that in mind, uh, a cost efficient and low impact strategy is definitely needed to remediate wetlands or waterways uh, that have that pollution. So thus far, wetland remediation is a very costly effort. One study showed an estimated cost of forested wetland remediation, um, the cost upwards of $78,000 per acre. Uh, current measures of remediation include dredging, uh, the use of gelling agents, sorbent materials, dispersing agents, as well as other physical methods. Although remediation efforts are usually fruitful, uh, disposal of the remediated pollutants is still a problem. So there's a lot of different types of bioremediation, which we'll get to in a little bit, but there's also two different classes of bioremediation. So the first class is on-site bioremediation, and as you guessed it, that refers to when the contaminated waste is treated right at the point of origin. Um, an example of this would be a large area of soil contamination. In most cases, rather than removing that soil, they'd treat it right where it is. Um, this prevents the spread of contamination during the displacement and transportation of the soil, 
and it's probably a lot more cost effective than transporting a large area of soil off-site. The second one is off-site bioremediation. So when the waste is removed and stored in a treatment area, um, this would be done, I guess, to use soil as an example again in the case of a smaller spill. So the soil is removed from the site to be treated, and then this also makes the contaminated area available again for immediate use. Alright, well, let's talk about the three different kinds specifically of bioremediation. So first there's microbial bioremediation, and that relies specifically on enzymatic activity of microbes. Um, and that's for the conversion of the harmful toxic wastes or contaminants into harmless and non-toxic substances. So it's achieved through uh, the interaction of microbes with toxic waste or contaminants, which leads to immobilization, compartmentalization, and eventual concentration of pollutants. Um, and then there's phytoremediation, and that's really a, a cheap solar-driven cleanup technique. Involves use of green plants for place degradation, removal, or containment of wastes and contaminants in sludge, soil, groundwater, or sediments. Um, some examples are poplar trees. Uh, they're often used in carrying out this method of remediation, or if contaminant levels are too high, uh, plants used to remediate may die. So there's that possibility. Um, this method requires a large surface area of land to be effective. Uh, the third one is micromediation. So this technique, um, fungi are used as bioremediation. So mushrooms are most commonly used in carrying out this type. Uh, the technique relies on the efficiency of the enzymes produced specifically by the mushrooms. Trichoderma aspirillus and and pleurotus have been found as effective in removing cadmium, nickel, lead, chromium, mercury, arsenic, boron, iron, and even zinc in wastewater. Um, so here's a good example. In one case, I found where scientists grew oyster mushrooms, um, and you're probably familiar with those, and applied that mushroom to soil contaminated with diesel fuel. Um, the, res the results were really astounding. Um, TAHs, or total aromatic hydrocarbons, in the diesel contaminated soil were actually reduced from 10,000 parts per million to less than 200 parts per million. And that was just in 16 weeks. Um, the remediated soil was actually approved for use in landscaping soil along highways after it was done. So, you know, just as that case study is concerned, it really shows you how useful this is how low cost it is as well. So now that we've talked about all the different types of bioremediation, um, we'll jump into some of the uses. So I had referenced before oil spills. Um, they're a really common occurrence. It's usually associated with the death of aquatic life. So to bioremediate, they'll introduce oil-eating bacteria into the affected waterways, and this will deplete the spilled oil in those waterways. They'll also often add dispersants to aid in the process. Bioremediation can also be used to remove fertilizers, pesticides, um, any other contaminants from water bodies, and it's also used in sewage and wastewater treatment. And then looking at soil, decontamination of contaminated soil samples can be achieved by mixing the soil with compost, and then the contaminants are removed by the microorganisms in the compost. 
yes, to go back, um, I saw another case study that was using mushrooms or mycelium, which is kind of like the root structures of, of mushrooms. Um, it's actually in salt water. So they found out that um, the mycelium grown uh, right there, even on salt water uh, with a bit of straw, was able to uptake some of that oil that was spilled. Um, because as you kind of alluded to, uh, a lot of the work done with oil is out on the ocean. Um, so there's always a potential of leakage and pollutants there. Um, so it was able to uptake a lot of that oil spill. So I thought that was a really cool example. Um, and you wouldn't think that mushrooms would ever grow on salt water. So low cost, effective. Um, you know, unfortunately, like I said at the beginning, we use a lot of chemicals um, and there's going to be some spills, unfortunately. So here's a, a really useful way to remediate those spills. So with that, we do have a couple of events. All right. So the first one we'd like to mention is Saturday, July 9th at 10 a.m. And it's an event called Butterflies. So we see butterflies in our yards, our gardens and parks, but naming them can be a little tricky. Um, I'll be the first one to say I don't know my butterflies. There's so many of them, um, even the ones that uh, you know they look a lot like monarchs. Even yeah. so, I'm like hey, there's a monarch, and then I look it up later, and I'm like that actually wasn't a monarch. Um, so if you have problems like I do identifying butterflies, well, here's an event for you. Um, and this one's at Salt Spring State Park. So Tony DeSantis, he's the environmental education specialist at Lackawanna State Park. Um, he's going to be coming up for a morning stroll around the gardens at Salt Spring State Park and he'll be out in the West Meadow. Uh, he'll be explaining which butterflies are found in the area and how to identify them. So nets will be provided uh, and the fee is free will donation. So again, that's Saturday, July 9th at 10 a.m. Salt Spring State Park. The next event is also July 9th. Um, it's a summer heritage benefit paddle in Tunkhannock to benefit the Dietrich Theater. So they say that participants should arrive at Riverside Park in Tunkhannock by 8.30 a.m. to sign in if you're interested. Um, if you're going to bring your own watercraft, you should arrive earlier to ensure that your kayak or canoe be loaded. And then participants will be shuttled to the Mahoopany Township launch by 10 a.m. for a safety briefing. And paddlers will then launch by 11. Um, they'll have certified river guides. You'll stop for lunch at the Howland Preserve on the Vosburg Neck. And they plan to arrive back at Riverside Park in Tunkhannock by 3 p.m. Um, once you're there, you'll be greeted by Bill Kern of Countryside Conservancy. And he'll give an educational talk about his organization and what they do. And then you'll walk over to the Dietrich Theater for a dinner provided by Samario's Pizzeria and a tasting by Nimble Hill Winery. They'll also be showing Peoples of the Susquehanna during the meal, and that'll be followed by a brief talk about the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act. So like I said, the events to benefit the Dietrich Theater, um, registration in advance is 70 for those bringing their own watercraft and 110 for those renting a single kayak. Um, the registration fee includes your donation to the theater, insurance, the dinner, and the educational programming. So if you're interested in that, you can call 570-265-1528. Again, that's 570-265-1528. Hey, that sounds like a good time. Um, 
I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org. You can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and you can ask questions or you can make comments about the show. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.